Live from the studios of KTAR News 92.3 FM, it's the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show with Brian Whitfield. Everything you need to know to grow. Call Brian with your questions at 602-277-5827. That's 602-277-5827. The Whitfield Nursery Garden Show, now on KTAR News 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. Good morning, Arizona. Still a little dark out there in sunny slope, but uh, it's warmer than it's been. Not quite as cold as we've been the last week, and we'll take it. You know, hopefully it warms up a little for the Open and the Super Bowl as well. Happy Sunday morning. Hope you're enjoying the, the beautiful start of the day. Maybe with your first cup of coffee or maybe your second. Some of us wake up kind of early. And sun's being kind of lazy. I'd love, lucky old sun just not quite rolling around this side of the planet yet. But anyway, the Whitfield Nursery Garden shows a listener participation type program. Give us a call. The number to call is 602-277-5827. 277-KTR. Sure is here on the phones and the music. And we can talk about whatever it is you want to grow, water, plant, fertilize, or kill. If you got something different you're doing at home, we would love to hear from you. If you're growing a different style garden, a different kind of plant, uh, lots of things to do out there. Uh, nothing else. You could just enjoy the greenness in the hills. I mean, the mountains around the valley are really starting to green up. And with a little more warm weather, they're really going to be green. So whatever you enjoy doing, give us a call. A great time to get out and explore the desert. If you haven't hiked at all on southern Arizona, lots of wonderful places to go. You know, from the east border to the west, you know, all across from the Chiricahua Mountains to the, you know, the low mountains in the desert and the lakes along the river. A uh, lot, lot of fun places to see and a great time of year to do it. You know, the low deserts, uh, the Kofa Mountains would be a fun place I'd recommend. And, you know, if you don't believe that palm trees are native in Arizona, we just go to Palm Canyon. You can see them growing there. And there were probably some growing up and down the rivers here in the uh, in the Salt River and things, too, before uh, before when we had cottonwood trees in the river, she used to flow. But, uh, you know, right now we have to manage our water. We can talk about doing that. You know, how we manage and utilize our water here in Arizona. You know, we're probably number one in the United States, maybe one of the best managed water sources in the world. And how we utilize our water, pretty amazing. I watched a show early morning this morning. It's, it uh, was filmed up in Carefree, part of it, in 1970. And it's just amazing the difference when you look out of the mountains towards the valley from Carefree. You know, back in 1970, there wasn't a house to be seen. And of course, now we have a lot more population. So we have to manage that water. Those are all areas that, you know, weren't historically farmed. Those are areas that the, the natives here, they farmed along the river and they had their water. But, um, you know, we've expanded beyond those natural borders of irrigation. So as we do so, maintenance and management are going to be critical. Well, whatever your ideas, whatever your thoughts, you know, we start off every Sunday morning and it's usually a little quiet. The sun's not up yet. Of course, summertime, it's different. But, you know, as we get going in the program, in the end, it's pretty tough to get on. So if you got a question, a suggestion, an idea, you know, something different you want to do, we would love to hear from you. You know, Whitfield Nurseries, we uh, we grow trees, started with my grandparents back in the 40s. And our original store is the one at 824 East Glendale Avenue. When I was young, there was an adobe house there that uh, is still there that my grandparents built on the property. And uh, a little old shack that uh, at that time uh, was on the property before they purchased it back in 1945. And that's since become where we keep our chemicals. And you know, from our orchard there, we've kind of, you know, changed. Now we're more of a nursery in that location. But, you know, the family still grows a lot of citrus. We, uh, 
We grow citrus out in East Mesa, Queen Creek, right on the border, and down in Hyder. And we grow uh, a lot of different varieties here in Arizona, but we grow the easy ones. I mean, honestly, the two easiest types of citrus varieties to grow here are lemons, whether you grow Lisbon's or Myers, and Tangelos. And uh, both those grow fast. Both of them love our soil. And what's fun about the Tangelos is they finally got good. You know, we've had this cool weather, which is what really brings the acid sugar content mix to our fruit here in the desert, makes it kind of special. So you can get out and taste some of our Tangelos. They're not quite at the stores yet, but by the end of the week, uh, you'll be able to find them at the Sprouts, Albertson, Safeway, the Bashes group, and that includes Bashes and and then Whole Foods will have them for sure. I think Whole Foods will probably have them on Monday. They're, they're always the ones that want to jump out early. So we'll have them at Whole Foods Monday. So if you haven't tasted a good fruit, if you wonder what to plant at your house, you can come out and buy trees from us at Whitfield. We deliver plant guarantee with fruit already on them. But if you want to go out and check some of our local stores, we got great selections there, too. Uh, number to call again, 602-277-5827, 277-KTAR. Give us a call. We could talk about your dreams. And we certainly have, you know, varied dreams here. You know, you go back, um, I say just back in 1970, the whole area out in Paradise Valley or all the way to Carefree was pretty empty. Not many houses, just this one big house up on the corner. And, uh, you know, and since then, now we've got the valleys just really developed and filled in areas that, like I say, weren't uh, farmed historically now have houses. Areas that uh, were farmed now have houses. And uh, we still have farms and we still have a lot of mines here in Arizona. And we grow some of the, you know, most delicious cattle in the world. So we do a good job with that. We have lots of dairies here. The supplier of milk, we have, uh, you know, the, the, one of the biggest producers of eggs in the uh, country. And uh, hopefully the prices will be coming down, but they sure are good. I had mine this morning. So anyway, whatever your dreams are, give us a call. 602-277-5827. Ronnie and Chandler, good morning. Hey, what's going on, Brian? Oh, it's a beautiful morning. The sun's just starting, just starting to break a little light out there. Is um, first of all, I went to your nursery out here in uh, Alpha Cooper. Uh-huh. Coolest thing, it's like shopping at somebody's farm. Chickens running around and stuff. It's pretty neat. <laughs> yeah, we, but fortunately, Ronnie, we do have a people that uh, if you ever want a chicken, you know, you want to catch your own, take them home. <laughs> uh, they'll probably welcome you too. Very good. Um, my mom's got some little mulberry trees she grew from you know saplings that somebody somebody gave her. Mm-hmm. Can we start trimming those things? They're probably they've been in the ground probably three or four years after we transplanted, and they're probably five and a half feet tall. Absolutely, and if you want them to grow faster, just water them more. But you know, mulberries do regenerate from the seeds quite frequently here around town. And so you may have a male, you may have a female, but um, they tend to grow pretty fast. And if you'll water them, they'll grow fast. You can prune them to whatever form you want. You know, if you have young ones and you want to climb in the tree, you can put the forks and branches down lower, or you can prune them up high and walk under them. They work well either way. Cool. Also, um, some of my tomatoes got a little freeze on the top of them. Can mm-hmm. I trim that stuff off? Well, with tomatoes, you really can't. So tomatoes, if you freeze the top of a tomato, you better be planting a new one. Okay, so they don't really, they don't recover if the top's actually dead. They'll stay bush, and the, but the but the growth on a tomato comes from the top buds, and and you really can't top tomatoes. So I would let them be and see if the new buds come out right by the top on their own. But I wouldn't prune them. Okay, because they're I mean they're they're probably two and a half three feet tall already, and they you know they got fruit on them and stuff. Cause I planted them quite a while ago. You know they're they're the rest of the plants just. 
massively thriving, but you know that little brown part just kind of bothers me. Yeah, that's that's not a good thing. And you know, when you go look at them in hydroponic houses, they'll have tomatoes that are fifteen feet long because they just keep growing them out and moving the the soil back. And uh, so, mm-hmm. but tomatoes aren't one you can prune. So I would just let them be and see what happens. Also, one more thing. My wife wants me. I had lavender before, and it grew well because it was in a pot. I could move it around, mm-hmm. and it got really big. And then it just started turning brown and died. But I want to put some more lavender in, in the ground somewhere. What's a good variety, and where's a good place to plant it? Well, fern leaf lavender is one of the hardiest. The Spanish lavender, some of those are, are pretty hardy as well. And ideally, here, you know, in our climate, you'd want to put them on a southern exposure or eastern, so right up against the house and the. On the south side works well because they get plenty of sun all winter to bloom. And then as the sun moves past north for the heat of the summer for about a month, they get a little break right there in the heat of the summer, usually when it's hottest. So that's kind of a good location. Or the east side works well. Probably most any exposure, Ronnie, except for the west side. Okay. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Have a nice weekend. Thanks for being the first caller. You do. Oh, it's a little quick. Hey, Jim and Casa Grand, good morning. Oh, good morning, Brian. Um, I I bought a couple of desert rose plants. They're in little pots last year, and both of them lost their leaves. That's pretty uh, normal for the wintertime, Jim. And with that plant, what you want to make sure you don't do is is overwater. So while they're dormant in the winter, don't water them at all. Okay. Uh, and so what, when, what's good timing for like, maybe like right now, I just got them in the garage, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so what would be good timing for putting them outside? What kind of light should I expose? Well, they, they like a lot of light. So you could put them outside. They can be, you know, South facing like on a patio is a fantastic you know place for them. You, you can't let mm-hmm. them freeze. Okay. So we, right. we might still have a freeze. We probably got another couple of weeks that I'd be pretty cautious on the freezing weather. But aside okay. from that, they'll pop back out when the days get long and, you know, it gets bright and sunny. And they really love our spring and fall, and even the summer heat's not going to bother them. Okay. Well, that's my first experience. I didn't know that at first that they would lose their leaves like that. But I looked it up, and apparently it's pretty normal. Yeah, it's pretty but, normal, uh, yeah, especially here. You know, if they're in the tropics, well, I just came back from Miami, and out there they were still in bloom. But it was also 80 degrees. All right. Well, maybe so. Just wait a couple of weeks and then to fertilize them right away. Once no, you, you know, you don't. They don't take a lot of fertilizer. When you fertilize them, if you had some like super bloom or super treble phosphate, something just going to help put some more foliage and more leaves on, and uh, that'll help increase the bloom on them. But not a lot of fertilizer because you could burn them easy. They're just a slow, truly desert plant that you know likes okay. dry soil. Really love our climate. The climate here is great for them. So we do water it, water it thoroughly, and then let it dry out thoroughly. Yeah, pretty, pretty much thing. like it. It depends if you've repotted it in a larger pot, but in the small pots they come in, you're going to usually water them once or twice a week here in the summertime, and at the most, yeah. once a week, spring and fall. Okay. If you've repotted oh, them, it's going to be less. Okay. And one other question. I, I planted a row of ficus trees that I'm hoping will grow into a hedge someday, uh, and, and uh, they got a little frost damage, not much, but... Uh, but anyway, just uh, would there be any recommendations on how to get them to grow as quickly? Well, as, as soon as it warms up, I mean, ficus are pretty much completely dormant right now. They're not going to grow at all with yeah. this cold weather. But once it hits 75 or 80, they will. So I would fertilize them kind of like on a citrus schedule. Or while they're oh, young, yeah. you could even feed them once a month. So I'd start somewhere right after Valentine's Day and then feed mm-hmm. them, you know, lightly once a month and make sure they're watered, you know, about once a week in the spring. You can water them twice a week pretty heavy in the summer and they'll grow faster. 
And would it help to trim them at all? Do they stimulate growth at all? Or? Not really. I mean, you can keep them yeah. trimmed to keep them balanced and, you know, keep their form. So that little pruning mm-hmm. would be be fine. But you'll probably mm-hmm. find that new buds will come out just behind where those leaves are burnt. And that's going to happen in the next few weeks. Okay, perfect. Well, thanks a lot, Brian. Thanks, Jim. Bye-bye. Uh, we're going to take a short break. While we're gone, we do have three lines available. The number to call is 602-277-5827, 277-KTR. We're going to come back with Margaret and Bill, and then it could be you on the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. We're here every every Sunday morning. Well, I was playing hooky last week, so you got to best up. But usually we're almost always here every Sunday morning. And we've got Shira and Troy and Brian here with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. Waltzing with my darling to the Tennessee walls when an old friend I happen to see. I introduced her to my loved one, and while they were waltzing, my friend stoned my sweetheart. And uh, fun song my grandmother used to sing. Okay, it's a little old, but uh, you know, she was back there playing with different versions. I, mean, it's, I was waiting to see which one she came up with, and I think that was a beautiful one. Anyway, next up, Margaret and Sun Lakes, Bill and Phoenix, and after Bill, it's open. The number to call six zero two two seven seven five eight two seven. And the lights coming out in Sunny Slope. The sun's not up yet, but it's a pretty morning out here. Good morning, Margaret. Good morning, Brian. Um, a friend gave me two bags of uh, chicken manure, uh-huh. but they, she told me I should put it with dirt on the ground and uh, make it damp and stir over. But another friend told me all I have to do is just age them in the bag. Okay, so she gave you raw chicken manure? Yes. Okay, yes. so raw chicken manure is going to be better if you use it right away. The difference with chicken manure is as it ages and you compost it, you'll lose a lot of the nitrogen. So what did you want to feed? you want to feed citrus with it or a garden or something or what? Yeah, I don't know. What, what, what can I feed it with? I have well, it, 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 it's very it's very good for citrus, okay? You wouldn't want to use mm. raw, fresh manure on a garden. You'd want to compost it first or work it in before you plant a garden, okay? So you wouldn't want to take mm. a raw manure product and put it on your vegetable garden. Um, but mm. if you wanted to fertilize your citrus with it or your shrubs and things, it's excellent. Now, it's going to be a little hotter than if you buy the, the stuff that's already composted, so you just want to be careful. But raw chicken manure is 
is wonderful. Just be careful in handling it, not to use it, you know, in a garden where you're going to be harvesting fruit, especially from the ground within 120 days. So that's kind of the rule. So don't put it in a garden like that fresh. But if you want to plant a garden later and you want to till it in the ground now, that's good. But if you put it underneath trees like citrus or peaches or apples or apricots, all those kind of things, or maybe you want to green up your palm trees, it works great. So I can do it with trees. With raw, but the one with vegetable, I had to age it. With vegetables, you want to compost it. In fact, you know, it just, you got to be real. What I would do if I was going to use it for vegetables, I would put it in like in the summertime before you plant it in the fall or the fall before you plant in the spring. You know, at least realistically 90 to 120 days before it could come in contact and then till it in the ground well. Okay. So you don't want to use any raw manures, you know, around, say, you know, be really bad, for example, to have raw manure and then be growing watermelons and have it come in contact with the watermelons or have it come in contact with lettuce or any of those kind of things. You just don't want to use raw manures around food. But I can, can I leave in the bag for 90 days? Well, no, that's not going to be the same thing because it it needs to be composted. So realistically, if you're going to compost it, you would take it out and you would turn it over and then it gets some aerobic bacteria in there that breaks it down. And the difference between the steak, you know, and and not is anaerobic and aerobic. So you really don't want to leave it in the bag. The best thing to do is put it under your trees and watch them grow. Okay. Thank you so much. Thanks, Margaret. Bye-bye. Bill in Phoenix. Good morning, Bill. Good morning, Brian. I have a couple questions for you. Yes, sir. I like to get my honeysuckle and bells of fire back into good shape, mm-hmm. nice shape. Uh, can I prune them kind of heavily right now? You know, I would hold off, uh, Bill, till we get 75, 80 degrees. The thing is, we can still have a freeze. And with our weather patterns, it's hard to tell. You know, we've got some storms that are coming down now that are kind of coming down the coast, straight down the coast. But if those storms move over a little bit, we get what's, you know, pretty normal for here to have storms come down from Alaska. You know, we can still have a hard freeze. So I'd, I'd hold off at least another two or three weeks. And if you see that we're not going to have any cold in a couple of weeks, then prune or if not wait till the first of March. Okay, great. Uh, my second question is, can I grow peanuts here? Absolutely. Uh, there's quite a few peanuts that get grown down in um, Yuma County historically, and uh, they like sandier ground, so it depends on where you're at, how well they'll do, or else you can just lighten up your soil. But, yeah, peanuts do fine here. Okay, good deal. Hey, thanks a lot, Brian. Thanks, Bill. Bye-bye. Uh, Tom and Mesa. Good morning, Tom. Good morning, Brian. Listen, can I use uh, blood meal on uh, Arborvita? Uh, absolutely. Uh, works really well in our providers. Blood meal is, you know, an organic source of nitrogen and, uh, it works really well on conifers and arborvitas and all those kind of things. So it's fine. What about roses? Absolutely. I mean, you know, a traditional way to plant roses was using blood mill and bone meal. You know, blood mill is going to give you more nitrogen. Bone meal gives you more phosphorus. So it, it's just a good organic source of nitrogen. Okay. Uh, just put it on February 14th. You can, or you can put it on a little earlier. It's not going to burn so much because it's organic. It's going to break down slower, and it's better to kind of turn it into the soil. Now, if you have pets, you, you might notice your dog wants to dig it up and roll in it, but that's that's the one downside. Okay. Okay. Thank you, Brian. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. Uh, have a good day. You too. Uh, next, we have Alex and Mesa, Lou and Scottsdale. Then we've got some open phones, folks. The number to call for Shira here, 602-277-5827, 277-KTAR. Good morning, Alex. Hey, good morning. Hey, 
I have a uh, Hong Kong orchid tree, and uh, it's, it's a beautiful tree, but I'm obviously doing something wrong because it's just, you know, I've got a, a neighbor down the street has one, and it, I mean, it looks like a plant. It's voluptuous, and, and mine just keeps drying out, and it's got some new growth, but it's, it's I don't know. How do you well, well, let me tell you, Alex. Hong Kong orchids love heat, okay? They're not real happy right now. But if they don't freeze, they will, as soon as it warms up, they'll pop out some beautiful flowers, okay? They're not going to put any foliage on this time of year. It's just not hot enough for them. Now, once it hits 80, they'll start to get happy. Once it's 100, they're even happier. And a Hong Kong orchid even thrives at 110 degrees. So they don't mind the heat. And there's not much to do for them right now because they are pretty dormant. They don't want to stay real wet. Watered once a week if they've been in for a while is more than adequate. And... Uh, just kind of let them be, and uh, as it warms up, once we hit eighty or ninety, they really kick in and grow. So, as far as watering, how do you recommend you know kind of dig, digging the dam around it? Or well, how long has it been planted, Alex? A lot. It was here when I bought the house, uh, so it's shoot, it's probably twenty years old. Okay, so it's, old. And it, it does it have pink flowers or purple flowers? Does it have beans? Uh, yeah, it's got beans. Okay, got so yours purple. is not a Hong Beautiful. Kong orchid. Okay, yours is, does it have purple or white flowers? Purple. Okay, so it's what Bohemia purpurea, not a Blakeyana, but not a big deal. It makes a beautiful tree. What I would do with that tree right now is if you want to do any pruning and shaping and those kind of things, now is the perfect time to kind of prune it back and shape it up. Uh, really, the purpureas aren't very frost tender, so sometime in the next month, do that. Fertilize it. Have you ever fed it before? Uh, yeah, I put some stuff down, but again, I'm, I'm kind of a noob. So. <laughs> All right, but the 202020 <laughs> citrus fertilizer, 21714, any one of those is fine. Okay. The prettiest season okay. on that tree is going to be the bloom in the spring, and they're spectacular when they bloom. So, what you want to do in a bigger tree like that is deep water at this time of year about once every two weeks, and it really won't matter if you've watered it in the last month or not anyway, because we've had plenty of rain. We usually never count it, but right now we do. Is it in gravel or lawn or what's around it? That may be the other problem. It's it's in uh, it's in gravel and it's like right next to the patio. Okay, so it's pretty hot. Okay, yeah. And how do you water it when you water it? Well, I was kind of building a berm and and either you know letting the irrigation build a puddle or even putting a hose on it. You can put a hose on and just let it run like overnight slow, you know, and do that once okay. every two weeks in the spring, and that's fine. But if you'd fertilize it here in the next couple of weeks, okay, and if you want to do any pruning and shaping, do it now before it blooms. And uh, okay. you can kind of balance it out and feed it. You know, it's going to come out beautiful and have a great spring, and then they just have kind of a rough time in the summer. The purpureas aren't like the Hong Kongs. They don't like the heat as well, and then they have those beans on them. So you might even come <laughs> back and prune it after the bean season a little bit but no i mean it's it's just a different variety of orchid uh, okay i had the species wrong that's probably part of the problem <laughs> well it is i mean the hong kongs don't have the beans which is a nice thing and they do like heat better okay all right great thank you <laughs> thanks alex bye-bye uh lulu and scottsdale or lou and scottsdale yes um I have a cow lily in a pot. It's about a 10-inch pot. Someone gave it to me as a gift in October. It was beautiful. I have put it in the garage. I brought it in my house. It's not doing well at all. My question is, can I just trim it off, and will it come back, or is it just not going to come back? No, if it's a cow, is it a cow or a canna? What color flower does it have? 
white. Okay, so it's probably a calla. You could plant it in a larger pot and put it out where it gets some sun in the east side of the house and do great. Okay, but can I leave it in the pot and just trim it? Well, you can, and but you know, oftentimes when they're growing in a nursery in a container, they get you know pretty much pot bound or limited to the size of the container. So okay. it would be better if you put it into a larger container. But if you want to maintain okay. it in the same pot, you know, give it a little bit of slow release fertilizer like Osmocote, and it'll do fine. Yes. Put it outside, okay. eastern exposure, it'll be happy. Okay, Thank Spring's you. coming, it'll bloom before Easter. Bye, Lou. All right. Bye-bye. All right. I see Troy Barrett snuck in here with the news. We'll find out what's happening. We'll be right back after the news with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. In the interim, you can give the lovely Shira a phone call. The number to call, 602-277-5827, 277-KTAR. And you can be up after Troy with the news on the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show here every Sunday from 7 to 9 on 92.3 FM KTAR. Sunday morning out there. The sun's going to come up over the hills in sunny slope. I guess it's supposed to be sunny and sunny slope. You know, people from other parts of the world, it's just down in Florida, they need it the sunshine state. They've never been to the western United States. You know, we have more lumens, more light, more sunshine here than almost anywhere. And that's why our bogan fias are prettier than they are in Florida. Okay, so I'm a little proud. I think our oranges taste better, too. Yeah. Anyway, uh, we've got a couple lines still open. The number to call six zero two two seven seven five eight two seven two seven seven KTAR. Kenny and Scottsdale. Good morning. Good morning, Doctor Brian. Uh, once I reached the age of seventy five, my skin started getting thinner, and my grapefruit is doing just the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> well, I resemble both things, but grapefruit's always had a lot thicker rind here, and it's going to vary from year to year. Uh, do you fertilize your grapefruit? I, I do, and I'm, I'm concerned that my nitrogen is a little too high mm-hmm. versus phosphorus and other things. You know I, what? You really, with a, with a healthy grapefruit, you don't need to feed them at all. And uh, Oh, really? Yeah, how do you water uh, I water with a uh, coil drip that you know takes probably six or seven hours, uh, about once every two weeks. Okay, that's perfect. I would back off the nitrogen. 
And uh, you might find that the rind gets a little thinner. You know, basically, Arizona grapefruit have a thicker rind anyway. You know, it's just yeah. part of yeah, growing. We're, we're talking half fruit. inch. <laughs> well, yeah, I know. Is, are they red or what kind are they? Uh, no, they're not red. They're they're a good size uh, grapefruit and uh, nice and sweet, um, but not not a red. Okay, does it ripen early? Okay. Well, Oro Blancos, um, you know, because they're across with the pomelo, they're always going to have a thicker rind. And uh, mm-hmm. the Marsh White, the old variety, it was kind of the original favorite that went into squirt. You know, it's not near as thick as Oro Blanco rind. But, you know, especially like on our younger trees, we didn't even harvest our Oro Blancos from our own orchard this year. I just didn't think the quality was good enough to sell, uh, you know, in the market. We, we might pick them all for the food bank, but. But uh, we're not going to send them to the market because I just don't think the quality is good enough. And the trees are young, and we're hoping that they're going to change. But, you know, our rinds are really thick on these young trees. And and by young, those trees are five years old, you know, in the grove. And um, Yeah, we're talking 20-some years. Yeah. Well, it might be you have a marsh white. But anyway, the only thing I can really recommend to keep the rind, you know, thicker, you know, being a little thinner, is just back off the nitrogen. Yeah, sounds good. All right, thanks. Well, I really enjoy your show, and, and thanks a lot for being there for us. Well, thanks for being part of it. It makes makes my life go real easy when we have all these calls, you know, and and uh, we especially like, you know, different kinds of conversations, a lot of things we could do here in the desert, but most important things, enjoy each other. Kenny, thanks for the call. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Uh, let's see. we got Francisco in Coolidge, but after Francisco, it's wide open. And poor little Shira's, you know, feeling lonely over there. <laughs> we like to make her smile. She needs a call. Give her a call, 602-277-5827. Good morning, Francisco. Good morning. How are you? Do you go by Poncho or only Francisco? I go by both. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, it depends on what side your family was on a hundred years ago, you know. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> of course, not many children that uh, are named Francisco. That's been <laughs> yeah, I go by Pancho, Francisco, Frankie. <laughs> <laughs> so my question to you is, um, I just finished building a house out in Coolidge on two acres. Mm-hmm. Um, we are looking to... Um, plant some trees for shade. Okay. So what what tree do you recommend that, you know, uh, we also get a lot of wind out there in Coolidge, um, so that's a factor, too, because, you know, during monsoon season, I see all you see driving around town is, you know, trees uh, knocked knock down. Um, but what, what tree do you recommend for best shading and um, something that grows, like, obviously a little bit faster? Well, you know, I'll give you three different ways to go, and then they all work well, and they're all pretty common in Coolidge. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of pines there, and the pines are quite sturdy. You can plant the Alderica pines or Aleppo pines, and, you know, they're really pretty drought-tolerant, and they make a nice big tree. They're going to be a little messier, you know, because they do, you know, especially when they get big, the needles blow out of them in monsoon season. For sure. But they're sturdy, they're big, they're hardy, and they'll do well. Um, another, you know, good variety of more traditional lines would be planting something like a red push pistachio or even an Arizona ash, like a Fan West or Fan Tex Ash. And uh, those trees are going to be quite sturdy, you know, grow at a medium speed. The pistachio, though, is a little more draught tolerant than the ashes are, so they make a good tree. And then if you want to go kind of native and have a, you know, a tree that's sturdy, we have one called an American Mesquite. And the American is grafted onto an Argentinian rootstock, but it's a three-way hybrid. It's a cross between a, a native Arizona Mesquite, a Texas honey, and a Chilean. So it's got 
hybrid vigor and the branches don't break because of the way they grow and the storms like a Chilean mesquite and it won't blow out of the ground like a Chilean mesquite might. Okay. And then when do you recommend uh, we like plant that in? Well, come buy some today. You know, we need the money at the nursery. We got lots of people working and uh, no, you can plant uh, actually all those, you know, anytime now is good. You know, and you're gonna, oh, okay. you're going to get a, a jump by planting them. You know, earlier spring than than waiting till later. So you can plant them now. None of those will be frost tender. They'll all grow fine, um, and you're going to get the full benefit of having the spring growth if you plant them earlier. Okay, and then what size? Um, I know there's different gallons mm-hmm. of you know of. Uh, when you go purchase, what size what, uh, do you recommend that we buy? Well, I would probably start with at least a 24-inch box size. And then from there, if you want to buy time, if you have a place where you want one a little bigger, you can go a 36 or a 48 or a bigger tree. Or, you know, 24 makes a pretty nice tree. And from Coolidge, if you'd like to, Francisco, you can go to our tree farm in Stanfield. That's on Stanfield Road, about a half mile south of Interstate 8. And uh, okay. down there, we have 250 acres. They won't be open today, but they're open Monday through Saturday from like 7 in the morning till 3. Perfect. And then what, what do you think about the, the mulberry trees? Mulberries are a fine tree. They're going to take more water. Are you on a well, Francisco, or how do you get your water? Are you in city water? Uh, no, no well. Yeah, city okay. water. Um, yeah, I mean, they're going to take a little more water, but, you know, they are a very sturdy tree. You know, and and they'll there's do, like a female, a female in the mouth. I think one has a like a berry, or one has like a fruit right. There's the a female mulberry that in in the female mulberries. You know, unless you just transplanted one from somewhere, you know, you're not going to find the big vigor vigorous type of female like you will with the male. But if you want to grow them for fruit, you know, we've got the Pakistani mulberries and some of the different varieties that do grow the fruit. And you know, when you have that kind of room, it's kind of fun. The birds love them. You know, and as a kid, I lived in one. You know, with a little slingshot and ate. They, you know, <laughs> I ate the mulberries, and I could shoot the doves with a slingshot, take it to my great grandmother, and she'd cook the doves for me. So it was a That's win-win awesome. kind of thing. <laughs> Perfect. Well, thank you very much for all the information. I hope you have a good morning. You too. Thanks, Francisco. Bye bye. All right. Thank you, uh, Joe. And surprise. Good morning, Joe. Oh, hi, Brian. Um, I'm calling because uh, I'm having problems with my long arm cactus in the front yard uh part of it's uh, drying up uh, and the other part's just growing it's just fine i don't know what the problem is okay this is like some kind of a cirrus cactus with multiple arms or what kind we have yes multiple arms you know joe do you water it at all no, I, I have a sprinkler head that, that was installed. Okay. Near but, it there, so you know, a couple know years ago, we had a pretty rough summer where even if you went down to the, the you know, the native ones down by Ajo and the cactus oh, park, uh-huh. I mean, a lot of those native ones even, you know, lost big arms and different things in the heat. But that was like two years ago, you know, and since uh-huh. then, because we've had more rain, especially the last summer or two, mm-hmm. you know, they're recovering and coming back and looking better. Is this something that's happening that's new to you, Joe, or has it been happening for a while? It's been a little while, so I'm just trimming out the uh, the dried up parts of the arms. Well, you know, I, I, and are the other arms growing up on the tips? Yes. That, okay, well, then, then I think you're fine. I think, Joe, what you're looking at is damage from a couple summers ago. Oh. And we had that, that August when, we, you know, basically it was 110 every day with absolutely no humidity, and many days were 115. And right. like around the valley here, like a lot of the golden barrels even died. 
You know, especially the ones when we close to our nursery here in Paradise Valley. You know, there were, there were thousands of them that died, and a lot of the other cactus really suffered too. And uh, so, I think what you're seeing is just a residual from that damage. I think if you'll prune it, and they don't need watered a lot, but if you'll water it monthly in the summertime, that'll be a big help. Oh, okay. We'll do it. Well, thanks so much. Have a nice week. Thanks, Joe. Bye-bye. Bye now. Bye. Uh, let's see. Next up, we've got Harlan and Chandler. Good morning, Harlan. Good morning. You often mention the use of diatomaceous earth, mm-hmm. but what you don't say, and I I always thought it's important, is you're not telling people that they need to make sure they're using the food grade as opposed to the pool grade. Okay, yeah, and, and you know, I think either one will work, but the food grade is going to be coarser, but you know, because you're looking for that coarseness in there, because the diatoms well, are going to puncture the. I thought it's because it's safer if no, you happen. No, to it's the same thing. It's just something with diamond. It. They're they're basically dead little sea animals, okay? And okay. they're used in pool filters because they have the little fibrous points, and it helps to filter out dirt. And for the same reason, when we have things like scorpions walk across them or ants or different things, it punctures their body cavity and they bleed out. So realistically, oh. either one will work fine, whether it's food grade or pool grade. It's going to do the same thing. And all, all we're okay, using is these little old critters to punch holes. And, and, and the nucleus. Yeah. Okay, I just thought the food grade was safer for animals. No, it, it, sh- it shouldn't make any difference at all. Um, you know, the diamantines are so small that, you know, that's why they're not going to hurt an animal if it eats them. Got it. Um, second, uh, last week, and I don't know if that you said that was one of your recorded shows, I don't remember, um, a woman mentioned about chopping down something, said, oh, just take, her, men, her neighbor said, just take a yardstick, you know, measure it up. Well, I thought it's something that people need to know about yardsticks is that they're not making them any longer. Really? Yeah, they're not making them any longer. <laughs> Well, I, I haven't been to a show, but, you know, it's a common thing when we go to uh, nursery shows and things for people to give them away. But I, you know, I haven't noticed the last year or two, so perhaps they're not. I, you know, I guess I was too subtle. They're not making yardsticks any longer. <laughs> Take care, Arlen. Bye-bye. Bye. <laughs> well, hopefully a yard's still a yard. I, I know when you're out in the football field, which we're going to see today, uh, you know, you want to make that yard. It's a game of inches sometimes. Anyway, we're going to take a short break. We'll be right back with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. If he brings you happiness, then I wish you both the best. It's your happiness that matters most of all. But if he ever breaks your heart, if the teardrop ever starts, I'll be there before the next teardrop Felicidad, te deseo lo más bueno para los dos. Pero si te hace llorar, a mí me puedes hablar y estaré contigo cuando. 
Welcome back, folks. A beautiful morning out there, little Freddie Fender. And uh want to take a minute to invite you out to Whitfields. You know, Whitfields, we grow trees. Started with my grandparents back in the 40s, continuing today for four generations. If you need trees, any kind, any size, come out and see us. From citrus trees to desert trees, from fruitless olives to ash to elms to beautiful palm trees of all types, desert palms, tropical palms. We have mules. We don't have any coconuts. They kind of don't do here, but we have beautiful uh, pygmy dates, sago palms, uh, regular fruiting date palms. You know, we probably have 20 varieties of palms. We have, you know, Bismarckias, Mexican blues, Sylvester's. Anyway, whatever your dreams are, whether it's the tropics, the desert, a jungle or an orchard, come out and see us. We deliver plan guarantee. We're licensed, bonded and insured. Our original store is at 824 East Glendale Avenue. We're in the East Valley at Cooper, which is the same as Stapley and Guadalupe or 2647 East Southern Avenue, Southern Avenue, straight south of the Sky Harbor Airport. And if you're down around Maricopa or Casa Grande, you're looking for big trees. You can always pop by and see Dale and the guys at our nursery down in Stanfield. Stanfield Road, about a half mile south of Interstate 8. Whitfield Nursery for four generations. Growing trees here in Arizona for Arizona's future. Um, let's see. We've got three lines available. The number to call, 602-277-5827. And we have the beautiful sunrise coming up over the mountains. It's just shining on the hills here in Sunny Slope. Thomas and Tempe. Good morning, Thomas. Hello there. Uh, we have an Arizona sweet that's about 40 years old. And the last several years, the fruit just has not been that tasty. In the past, it's been delicious. And I'm wondering if it's just because of age. This year, we did uh, chop it back quite a bit. Mm-hmm. and um, But the fruit is just... Almost not edible. Even the juice is not very tasty whatsoever. Is that just because of age? Well, it shouldn't be. You know, that that part should be pretty consistent. Um, Thomas, did the tree look healthy? Was it was the foliage dense and thing? I know you cut it back, and that's not a bad idea. But how does the foliage look yes, on the tree? It looks, it looks very healthy. Okay. Um, you know, you might try a little more fertilizer, but typically that doesn't change the quality of the fruit that much. Um, what What do you fertilize with when you feed? Um, we just use a, uh, citrus. We have never, uh, fertilized in prior years. Mm -hmm. This is the first year we've ever fertilized. Um, and it is, uh, just a citrus from Home Depot. Yeah, that's probably fine. Like Arizona's best or something. And and then that should be fine. Yeah. Um, you know, so that, that should help some, but at any rate, um, I don't have any wonderful things that are going to change the flavor that much on a tree, but it's certainly not age that's causing the problem. Actually, most citrus improve the quality and flavor of the fruit with age. You know, that's after four or five years. But, um, you know, the younger trees, the quality is not as good, typically. But you might try just giving it some organic fertilizer. What we fertilize our orchards with is chicken manure. And you can buy the Hickman's composted chicken manure by the bag. And keep in mind when you're when you're feeding that, you know, the amount of nitrogen you put on, you're going to put like two or three pounds of nitrogen per year. But chicken manure is only 3% nitrogen. So you can put 20 pounds of you know processed chicken manure underneath a tree and not be overdoing it. And I'd try that this spring. Okay. And about when do you fertilize? Uh, well, we, we fertilize as soon as we get the crop off because we don't want to have any kind of manure out in the, in the fields while we're harvesting. But, uh, you know, best time is probably, you know, you could put it on right now. It's going to take a while to break down, but sometime here in February. Okay. So, uh, second question. My son has quite a few lemon trees. Uh-huh. Um, when This is a new house he just purchased. Okay. When is the best time to harvest those? 
today. I mean, lemons pretty much, uh, all the lemons are ripe right now and are just about at their best. So Lisbon lemons, Meyer lemons, Meyer lemons are getting a little bit overripe. The Lisbon lemons, traditional lemons here in the valley are, you know, we're, right now is when we pick them commercially as fast as we can. And we'll be picking them for the next two months. But, uh, you know, right now, for the next couple months, the lemons at their best. You know, the ones on the interior of the tree, you can leave and they'll stay in there till about the first of May and just keep using them as the season goes. But they'll store best on the tree. But they're as good as they're going to get pretty much right now, except for the interior fruit that's not yellow yet. Perfect. Thank you very much. Thanks, Thomas. Bye-bye. Uh, ben and Gilbert. Good morning, Ben. Hi, Brian. I appreciate the show. Um, had a question for you. I bought um, Lesbian Lemon Tree off of you uh, here in October. I planted it myself here on the side of my house. And uh, after all was said and done, it was just a little bit lower than I wanted it to be. Not a, not a whole lot. We're talking maybe less than an inch. Okay. But I always heard that it should be above the ground. Well, you so you want to so dig down, okay, so what you're going to have is if you dig down by the trunk, okay, you're going to have what's called a root flare, okay? That's where the where the roots come off the trunk on the base, okay? And that yeah. should be within about an inch or so of the surface, okay? So if you dig down there and you find out you got, you know, dirt up on the trunk above that root flare, just take that dirt out of the well, okay, and take it off and, and leave it where the roots, you know, where the flare comes out to the sides within about an inch or so of the surface and it'll be fine. But planting citrus well, too deep will definitely uh, kill them in the long run. Right, right. And I just, I, you know, I didn't, I didn't know how how, how uh, bad or how, how low it can be. It just seems to be just a little bit beneath the surface. Well, that, so that should be that fine. So what I would do, Chad, just take the dirt out of the well. Okay, and it doesn't mm-hmm. hurt for the the ground to go down into that well. It's not going to hurt, you know. And just take the dirt right off the well and, and get rid of that. And it can be a little deep, or you know, it's not going to hurt if you want to dig it back up and raise it up. You can do that too. Mm-hmm. You know, if you just right. plant this fall, it's not going to hurt the tree. I would wait about three weeks before I did it. Well, I'll tell you what. Um, I found out uh, after uh, with, with all these rains that we had. Lately, uh, it floods on that side of the house, and the tree is underwater for probably a week at a time. Okay, so that, and that's I don't not know a real good thing in Gilbert, Ben. So what I would do is uh, I, I would leave it for like three or four weeks, okay, till it's getting uh-huh. warm where it can come back and grow fast. And then I would just dig around where the root ball was, what, with a 15-gallon size probably? Uh, yeah, it's... Uh I believe so. It's, it's about an eight-foot tree. Yeah, so I would dig around the outside and just raise the tree up. And if you got an area that's sitting low like that, if you'll have the, the center portion of the tree where the tree is inside the well, be a little higher, and then slope down to a well so the water's not puddling on the trunk of the tree, that'll be a lot healthier way, and it'll be an right. easy time to fix the problem. Now, if, if, it, floods, it floods so much over there that I would... I mean, would it be okay to actually build it up like on a little bit of a mound? Well, right where the trunk is, okay? So in other words, if you have a well on your tree that's three foot in diameter, okay, right there where the trunk of the tree is, you know, you can have that Mm -hmm. area about the size of a 15-gallon or about a foot or so wide that's up a little higher and then go to a well around it because, you know, we're not going to count on these rains happening all the time. You know, this has been a nice season, but it's not going to happen. So we want to benefit from the rains when we do get them, you know, in the future, but just take the center portion of the tree, raise it up to it so we're a little higher than the outside, and so that way the water's going to go all around it, but not up on the trunk, and it should be fine. Right. Got it. 
Okay. I just didn't know if it was worth doing that or not. Um, it's worth doing but, uh, it, Ben. I mean, it's a young tree and it's not, okay. you know, now's the time to do it because it might not show symptoms or problems for a year or two, but when they're too deep, you can have all kinds of problems. And right. especially no, if it's too is, deep in the side of the house where it's wet. The tree's not complaining. It's, well, it's, not uh, yet, but, happy, it, so, but it, but so it may, yeah. may in the future. So. <laughs> right, exactly. No, I want, I, want, I want best results for it. I appreciate it, Brian. Thank, Thank you very you. much, Ben. Bye-bye. Uh, Chad out by Luke Air Force Base and Sharon in East Mason. You guys will be up next, but we only got 15 seconds before I got to say goodbye because we have to take a short break and find out what's happening with the news. We'll be right back after the news with the Winfield Nursery Garden Show from 7 to 9 on 92.3 FM. The number to call on the break, 602 277-5827-277-KTAR.